Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about breaking the breach kill chain with privileged access management and threat analytics. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Steve McCuller. He's advisor for CA's Privileged Access Management Solutions. Steve, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Good talking to you again. Let's talk about breach trends. What can you tell me about the latest breaches and what's often their common denominator, privileged access? The trends are definitely not good. In 2016, the numbers are just coming in and it looks like we hit yet another all-time high in data breaches. My latest research while I was surfing the web showed that we've up to almost six trillion records breached since 2013. And the prognosis for the coming year is not good. A lot of the threats that we've seen that were just emerging are now starting to become trends. And there's talk of events like cyber warfare and wholesale attacks on payment systems. And uh, so the, the prognosis isn't very good in terms of expectation that the number of breaches is going to let up. So constant vigilance still required for breach defense. And you're right about the common denominator being privileged access management. If you look at the post-mortem or the anatomy of breaches afterwards, you find that there were a number of factors involved, but a common thread that runs all through them is privileged access. So the abuse of these high-privileged accounts uh, is prevalent, really present in just about every breach that you hear about. Steve, let's talk a little bit about the kill chain. I think people are pretty familiar with the term kill chain now in the model. But how does it apply specifically to the exploit of privileged users and the breaches of sensitive systems? Yeah, well, as you know, the kill chain is a term that was borrowed from the military, taking out a bad guy. And uh, the unfortunate news for our audience is that they're the, the target of the bad guys. So whereas in the military, they want to blow up a bridge. In the cyber world, they want to steal your data or compromise your systems. And the kill chain then they really is a set of methodical steps that they are planning to take you out. And it can include things like a probe uh, of your network, analysis of who your users are, and eventually they're trying to set up an initial entry, just get a toehold in your environment. Once they're in, they will try to escalate privilege. They want to become somebody powerful, somebody with a high level of privilege on the inside. Once they do that, they will expand set up back doors for themselves. And once they've done that, they pretty much own your environment. They can access, access you at will, wreak havoc, steal your data. And you might be powerless to shut them down without some radical wholesale. Uh, that's kind of your worst case scenario is when the bad guys really own your entire IT environment. So privilege escalation is always on the kill chain. It's not always the headliner. So you hear about a breach and you often hear about, oh, it was a piece of malware. But if you look at the analysis, you'll find that, yes, that's how they got a low-level person. But it was the step up to a high level of privilege that actually allowed them to bypass your security controls and to take over your environment. So they're always setting up these high-privilege accounts as the target. And you can see why. If I'm a bad guy on the outside, I want to become somebody on the inside. And it doesn't do me much good to be a person with a low level of privilege. That may be okay to start, but I'm really targeting somebody with a high level of privilege so I can bypass the security controls that standard users are subject to. And then I can do all the bad stuff and steal your data that I'm setting up to do. Steve, given that as context, where do you find in the chain that organizations are typically most vulnerable? 
Well, uh, if you look at the breaches, you know, if this was five years ago, we wouldn't be having uh, a podcast like this around breaches. It, it, they were happening then, but it wasn't the, the most pressing security problem that organizations were looking at. Since 2013, 2014, that's really changed. And what you've seen at that, during that time is really uh, the adoption of a trend called digital transformation. Businesses are transforming their old businesses, even their old data centers and adopting new ways of doing business, and that often means new technologies like SaaS, infrastructure as a service, mobility for their customers, a mobile workforce, and hand-in-hand hand with that has uh, been this coincident upswing in the number of breaches that have gone on since that time. So a lot of these new technologies that you're adopting kind of increase the attack surface, whereas you had a traditional data center it was maybe relatively fairly easy to protect, but now you've adopted infrastructure as a service and SaaS and, and mobility, it really increases the, the surface area that the bad guys can use to attack you. And some of these new technologies have maybe immature or perhaps poorly understood security models, so they may be vulnerable. There's also a problem that we have that because they're relatively new technologies, the number of people that are available who really understand how to secure it is probably not that great. So we're lacking the expertise to make those platforms very secure. And so that really means that the adoption of a lot of these new technologies from a technology, pure technology play, that's where you're most vulnerable. The, the area where we've traditionally seen vulnerability and, and a lot of risk is around the end users themselves. If you could just get rid of all the end users, right, you wouldn't have much of a problem. And user awareness training is a very important part of that. The sad fact is, though, that social engineering is going to work sooner or later. It always works. And for this reason, a defense and debt strategy is best. You need to protect yourself against the initial breach, but you also want to step uh, put in controls around privileged account and, or privilege escalation management. So just like you would set up a firewall to protect yourself against a network attack, and you would do end user awareness training and perhaps malware detection systems for uh, the, the initial entry that way. So you should also invest in a privileged access management solution to counter the threat that comes from the uh, escalation risk that's part of the kill chain. Steve, talk to me a little bit about privileged access management. How can a mature approach to it help disrupt the kill chain before the damage is done? the kind of countermeasure that you would put in place for privileged access management is usually kind of a layered approach and it, it starts with a credential vault. A credential vault will allow you to stop password sh uh, sharing among high privileged accounts because we can't share something that we don't know. Without a credential vault, we all know the password to a high privileged account. We communicate it with each other. We all could use it. The problem is that you could communicate it to somebody who's not authorized to have it and you have a lack of accountability because somebody did something with this high privilege account. It could have been any of us because we all knew the password for it. So the first step would be to use a credential vault, take the password out of the hands of the people who need to know it, and provide a service, a controlled way that they can get the password out of the credential vault, use it, and to change the password after it's been used. I'm glad to hear you say that you're talking about a mature approach to privileged access management because the credential vault is kind of table stakes. It's the least you would expect. It's the, the first thing you would do, but it's not the only control measure that you would need to have a mature privileged access management solution. 
the PAM solution itself really should provide a, a sort of defense in depth for the privileged access management problem and that also gets plugged into a larger defense in depth approach. So it starts with a credential vault, but it should also include not just passwords, but also SSH keys. You should also add controls like automated login. That way it gets you out of the habit or the practice of even handling the passwords at all. Once you have that automated login, you can implement an additional control for video session recording of all your sessions. Not some of your sessions, but all of your sessions. You all privileged access should have a video, a replayable DVR type video that you can hold people accountable for exactly what actions they perform for every privileged session. When you have those controls, you can also implement another layer of a command broker, which is a whitelist or a blacklist uh, implementation of uh, permitted or, or disallowed commands for individual command sessions. That can stop unauthorized commands from being invoked in those privileged access sessions. And another control for server hopping. I may be authorized to get to server A, but not to server B. But if I know about the existence of server B, while I'm on server A, I can hop over to it. So a defense against server hopping is another component of a defense in depth of PAM itself. Regarding that credential vault, it's not only interactive users of high-privileged accounts that need to be controlled. There are scripts, there are applications, programs that make use of credentials as well. And so your credential vault needs to extend out to the applications that hold those credentials. There's really a ticking time bomb of those credentials because you don't see them, but they're there. An attacker, anybody who knows how to read that script or has the authority to, to read the dot file of that program, can discover the privileged credential that the application uses. So that's something else you have to extend. And then host based fine-grained controls for your high-privileged servers. Because you're using a credential vault doesn't mean that an attacker can't use a zero-day vulnerability or something like that against the server itself, it's an attack that is not password-based. So for your most high-privileged ser servers, a privileged access management solution should also provide a host-based control to defend against a, at a direct attack against those systems. And finally, you would couple this, the entire thing with privileged threat analytics. A, a PAM solution or a privileged access management solution is really only as good as the policies that you implement. Whatever you do, even if you have a lot, a, a very uh, deep set of controls, it's still up to the administrator of that product to decide what controls are actually in place. And you're granting to privileged users certain amount of authority. How do you know if they're abusing that authority? You really have to monitor their behavior to do that. So a privileged access management threat analytics capability is important to close that gap. The, the gap that exists between privileged users abusing the authority or doing something that they shouldn't be doing with it, that can really only be done by a behavioral analytics capability. You know, Steve, I'm really glad you brought that up. I wanted to talk with you about threat analytics. Tell me a little bit more about monitoring user behavior. What are you looking for, and what are you going to do with the alerts you receive from the threat analytics tool? So it's a very important point with regard to threat analytics. As I mentioned before, any PAM solution, actually any security solution that controls access, is no better than the policies that you implement that control that behavior. They're all permit-deny systems. Well, what if you do, what do you do about the case where somebody is permitted to do something, but they're abusing that access? How do you detect that? What do you do about that? 
So uh, alongside a policy-based set of controls, a threat analytics system can monitor the, uh, create a baseline of behavior for a particular user or a profile of users. And it can, should consist of a number of factors that are not up to you to configure. That is, you do not have to know three failed logins or how long they should be in a session or it's not your job to know exactly what you're looking for. You need a system that is going to watch what the user normally does and then creates a baseline around that behavior and detects exceptional conditions to that. It's just that they're doing something different than they used to do and what can I do about preventing that operation? So, or detecting that operation and then acting it out. That's what a threat analytics system is going to provide for you. Steve, just one last question for you, please. Now, we know that CA is a leader in privileged access management. What specifically are you doing to help customers to improve their approach to PAM? An important thing about PAM, I mentioned a lot of controls in this play, in our session today, and they're all important, just as I was describing, but they're only good if you can actually implement them. What we've been doing over the last couple of years is we've done some strategic acquisitions that really are focused on the completeness of the solution, yes, but also rapid time to value and ease of use, ease of administration. So you're right, we're a longstanding leader, have been for, for really for decades, ever since we've been in business. We, even when we were a pure mainframe company, we were in the privileged access management business. But over the last two years, we've done two acquisitions uh, of, in the privileged access management space, one for a privileged solution itself, the other is for a threat analytics solution. So as a result of these acquisitions, our PAM solution is delivered on an appliance-based form factor. Now, th the appliance is hugely beneficial for getting that rapid time to value because it includes, first of all, it can be delivered as a, a form factor that could be a, a physical appliance, a virtual appliance, or even an AWS AMI. And it provides the credential vault, the authentication enforcement, the auto login, the session recording, the command broker, all on a hardened Linux operating system delivered on this pur purpose-built appliance. So within a couple of hours, you can stand this up, whereas competitive solutions might uh, say, well, you, you stand up your credential vault, and then you st stand up a separate infrastructure for doing video session recording or doing another capability. And each one of these is a discrete project. You can stand up our appliance, get all these features, and you enable them simply by checking a box on a window. You don't stand up a separate infrastructure for it. So it starts with the privileged access management solution itself, coming on this hardened Linux platform in a purpose-built appliance with all the capabilities built in. We're really the only solution that has common criteria certification in the NIAP protection profile for enter enterprise security. I actually had to read that. The, the point is that the, the product itself has certified to be secure according to these government standards and it's very widely adopted in the federal government. So the solution itself is delivered on a purpose-built appliance. All the features are built in, very simple time to value and that's why we've had such great adoption of our technology. The CAPAM appliances are implemented using a bastion host model, which is a man-in-the-middle model, and they include built-in clustering, built-in high availability, built-in load balancing, built-in failover, all that stuff is built in. Additionally, the appliances are enormously scalable. A single appliance can support upward of 2,000 concurrent recorded video sessions. 
So a pair of appliances, which you would always have, you always implement a pair for high availability, would support 4,000 concurrent recorded sessions. That's at least 10 times the scalability of any other solution and allows you to easily apply the control measures very simply. We are a leader and have long time been a leader in host-based access control. The type of operating systems that are built on a super user platform, think of Linux, think about Windows. And we uh, are, have been a leader in this for a long time, so we complement our PAM solution with this PAM server control to provide that backdoor for your most highly critical servers. We tie it all together with another recent acquisition of CA Threat Analytics for PAM. And it works very similarly to the way I was describing the requirements for, for Threat Analytics before. It plugs perfectly into PAM. It also is delivered on a virtual appliance form factor. And it is very slick. It, it takes all that data from PAM, reads all the logs, and creates a visual display of here's what I'm seeing about users. And if you see that their risk behavior has gone up because they're now doing something different than they've done before, you can proactively not only be alerted about that, but you could proactively take measures such as, hey, we're going to dynamically enable video session recording for that, or we're going to force this user to re-authenticate because his behavior seems suspicious. So the threat analytics kind of is the last mile of a privileged access management solution. PAM itself is an area that's not only one that we've done investment in for in terms of acquisition, but also the development that we've done on these products over the last couple of years and our forward-looking roadmap. So privileged access management has been adopted by many of our customers. We're a leader in the space, and we're very committed to maintaining that leadership position. Well, Steve, that's very well said. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you. Well, Tom, this has been great. I appreciate you hosting me. The topic has been breaking the breach kill chain with privileged access management and threat analytics. I've been speaking with Steve McCuller. He's advisor for CA's Privileged Access Management Solutions. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.